Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back for another week of the Reel Down. Uh, we took a week off last week. Uh, me and Jimmy are both swamped with work and life stuff right now, so we're trying to get as much as we can to you. But um, and we got championships coming up. I think this week, this week I'll be in uh, on Tim's Ford for the Tennessee or Kayak Angler Society Tennessee Championship. Uh, and I think Jimmy's putting together a Bass Nation championship for Alabama. So we got all kinds of stuff going on. Um, but this week we got the first and second place from Sam Rayburn, uh, the hubby BOS series that went on out there. Um, it looked like it was a mixed event, uh, kind of tough, but in that fall transition right now. Um, but these guys that were able to figure it out. So uh, without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and introduce them. So first up, we got uh, Cayman. How are you doing today? Hey, good, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, so I heard you, you said you were from Utah. You made a 22 hour drive out there. Uh, how was that? 
you're legitimately uh, road dogging it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's fun in itself. I mean, it's long and tiresome, but I mean, I enjoy it. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it, it sounded like it was worth it. So, uh, if you could get a little bit of gas money to get home and all that. Uh, right. Yeah. So how did, how did you get into kayak fishing and, and ultimately tournament fishing? Uh, where, where'd you get your start at? Yeah. I mean, I, I pretty much grew up fishing, um, tournament fishing. I, uh, we started with my uncle up in Idaho anyways. Hmm. Um, he invited me to a tournament with him and that's kind of just when I got hooked and I'd been bass fishing a little bit before just around here, but nothing too serious. And then yeah. that's kind of when the whole tournament aspect of it took over. So, so did you start in, in a bass boat or did you start straight out of a, a kayak tournament fishing? Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty much co-angler uh, with my uncle out of a bass boat. Okay. I feel like co-angler is a good transition to kayak fishing. Cause I hear there's a lot of similarities in co-angler fishing and kayak yeah. fishing. Cause you kind of got to, not exactly the same, but you got to kind of pick it apart a little more than you would if you're on the front end of the boat. Uh, you can cover right. the water. Right. Uh, yeah. We're, well, I guess I'm, we're us kayak anglers are almost always following up behind a bass boat anyway. So it's, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's the same, same difference, I guess. Uh, but that's pretty cool. So I hear there's a lot of good uh, smallmouth fishing in Idaho. Yeah, there there is. There really is. It's some of the best smallmouth fishing probably in the country. But yeah, I've seen I've seen some videos of people, and they're not they're not they don't like to talk about the lake that they're going to. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> uh, I've seen some like six and seven pound smallmouth coming out of that lake pretty frequently. I'm like, golly, yeah, make that oh yeah, thirty hour trek or whatever it is to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think I know what you're talking about, but it, I mean, even going up there, it's still like 12 hours for me to get there. Jesus, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, what's the tournament scene like in Utah? I know I've seen some KBF stuff out there, but uh, I'm guessing there's some grassroots trails and stuff like that. Um, yes, yeah, so we have we have one club, um, kayak fishing Utah. Yeah they're they're the only kayak club right now anyways um have some several basketball clubs and whatnot as well but for kayak fishing kbf's come out here and did tournaments with in conjunction with kfu and yeah everything so yeah i don't know if i've ever like taken the time i'm gonna look at it right now what kind of different types of like reservoirs or what kind of fishing are you doing out there like yeah so we're mostly like structure fishing and rock out there yeah pretty much i mean there's almost always some rock in a lake some of the lakes have a lot of grass yeah um some if the water's high a couple of them have trees timber um or bushes anyways um but it's it's a lot of deeper fishing like a lot of times 10 foot you know might be the deepest you go in some lakes in texas where um here it's kind of a common occurrence <laughs> yeah i imagine you got a lot of elevation changes in utah so i feel like you got a lot of valleys and stuff that's where most of these 
in my mind at least, a lot of these reservoirs and stuff will would end up being at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're all pretty much highland reservoirs or whatever you're gonna call it. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at one that says it's like two hundred foot deep. Yeah. <laughs> like like pal. Yeah. Well Oh yeah. Yeah. It's probably not two hundred feet deep right now. It's it's yeah. probably I don't know how low it is, at least I don't know, probably about eighty feet, hundred feet low right now, but holy crap. Yeah, we, will that change? Up. Well, I guess not. Uh, I was gonna say when the snow melts and stuff, but I guess that's already happened. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, we've had we had a good snow year this last year, so it came up a little bit. All all the lakes, smaller lakes, are full. Um, Lake Powell's still pretty low, anyways. It's been low for mm. a while. Wow. Well, that's interesting. So that's that's cool that you made that uh, that trek out to Texas for this event. Um, how how did fishing in Texas compare to fishing in Utah? Like, what kind of changes did you have to make? Well, uh, it can be tougher, but it's still better fishing. Yeah, I mean, once you figure them out, you can still catch numbers of fish that we catch here in Utah, but you get a lot better size more often. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, the lakes are different, especially like big lakes like Rayburn. Yeah. Uh, they just set up different. They're similar, but it's overwhelming being such a big lake. Uh, most of those, I mean, they they do have some highland reservoirs and stuff too, but most of them are lowland, like yeah. Rayburn that you're talking about. Um, yep. It's not really set up. It's kind of, it's definitely a different approach than, uh, your highland reservoir fishing yeah for sure but there's still some techniques that i feel like overlap and some concepts that do but uh okay. um, yeah for sure i, I mean i kind of fish i tweak things a little bit here and there going all over the country for different areas but i mean for yeah. most of the time it's all very similar to each other yeah well that's cool man um well, let's let's bring Philip on. Uh, I feel like I've had him in the background for a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Philip, how are you doing today? Good, man. How about yourself? Awesome. Uh, so, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, how did you get your start in kayak fishing and, and ultimately tournament fishing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I grew up fishing. Sounds much like Cayman. Um, I got into kayak fishing about eight years ago. I just wanted to get offshore, get off the banks. I grew up beating the banks, beating the creeks. Uh, you yeah. know, we did a lot of some two-man fishing. And my dad did have a bass boat, but that just really wasn't our style. We liked to go out and just kind of hit the creeks and stuff like that, small ponds. Uh, but I got into the kayak game because it's just so much competition on the banks here in Texas. More and more people moving here. It's gotten yeah. obviously worse since then. And the kayak scene was really non-existent then. So it was kind of cool to get a Hobie before that was a cool thing to do. Um, and now it seems like, you know, everybody and their son literally yeah. is, Every, is everybody's yeah. the, I got uh, into tournament fishing, you asked, uh, my buddy Scott. Uh, so Austin had their own league and it kind of dissolved as far as just a little club league down in Austin. Okay. And, you know, there's the TXA, TXKBL guys down there, but that wasn't, you know, the official Austin league at that time. Anyway, he gave me a call and said, hey, this was last year. He said, hey, you want to get into kayak fishing for bass? And I really didn't do a lot of bass fishing. I would do it in ponds and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And so literally last year in February, I dove in head first, had my first tournament at Fork and literally didn't catch a fish because it was a cold front and very difficult February fishing for Fork. Was it a, was it a Hobie out there? In- no, it wasn't a Hobie. Uh, it was actually, if I remember, it was now TXKBL, but SETXKBL, if I remember correctly. But okay. uh, anyways, long story short, even though I didn't catch a fish, it was the camaraderie I loved. I loved hearing what everybody else was doing. I was yeah, so new sure. to bass fishing. I was just soaking in all the knowledge I could. So that's really what got me into it. it. Was my buddy Scott? What kind of fishing were you doing previously in Texas that wasn't bass fishing? That just we have that some really good stuff in Texas to not. <laughs> well, to not I, bass fishing. Yeah. Well, you know, my dad, like I said, when I grew up, uh, we we fished to eat. You know, not because yeah. we necessarily needed to. Yeah. We just liked to go catch fish we could eat. We like to eat fish, and so a lot of crappie fishing. Crappie. Yeah. I like to do striper fishing though, which is another reason I got the kayak. So I have a lake that I'm not going to burn, but it's uh, it's a really good striper lake we have here. And I have some uh, really fun places. Wintertime up there is bar none, funnest time you can do it. And that's why I initially got into it. That's what I was doing. A lot of striper fishing, crappie fishing. I put it in ponds. I took it everywhere. Take it up to Broken Bow, go trout fishing. Yeah. You get uh, towed around pretty good by the stripers. Real good. Yeah, you get a good sleigh ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah but, uh, I can go down to the coast. I can't roll that out. I love going down to the coast and doing bay fishing, getting getting on the uh, you know the saltwater games. So your typicals like the redfish, the flounders, the speckled trout, and then sometimes you get lucky and get on like a big jack. I have a thirty okay. minute YouTube video that's literally thirty minutes of me getting towed around by this big jack. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my problem. And like, if I lived somewhere that, close to saltwater, that's pretty much all i'd ever do like the, the chances that i've had to do it it's just so addicting to me um yeah they're both so i like to fish for anything but yeah i'm, I'm with you if i was down by salt water i mean i'd still bass fish because i've gotten really addicted to it but uh yeah. saltwater <clears throat> so fun. it'd be like it'd be more of like a oh man i gotta go bass fishing today for me than it would be like <laughs> <laughs> like oh i'm going i'm going salt water all all the way uh, you said you're in Austin, so that's no, I'm actually, and uh, no, my buddy's down in Austin. I'm up here in the uh, Dallas area, Carrollton specifically. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's quite a ways for you to get to the salt water from there. But yeah, five hours. You got all kinds of good stuff around that area. Uh, yep. Oh man, you know we're talking about that with my buddy Brian Howell, uh, which I think you've had him on this podcast before. Yeah, but, uh, uh, I don't know if I've been on it with him, but I I know that Jimmy's probably had him on. Um, yeah, we, we were talking about this is probably the best place to live in Texas as far as being in North Texas around Dallas because we've got interstates oh, yeah. that just go every which direction. You know, essentially within five hours, there's hundreds of lakes and really good ones you can go to. So, oh, no doubt. Um, I mean, if you just pull up a map, there's it's just littered with lakes everywhere. And <clears throat> I don't know about what frequency there there's 10 pounders in all those lakes, but it seems like almost every one of them's got, got one. It's rare that there's a lake that there's not 10 pounders. So I'm just had a lot <laughs> yeah. more than others, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, there's ponds around here. I have a pond, it's literally a concrete pond by a library that I had an eight pounder, at least eight pounder come up on a glide bait. It surprised Jesus me how big Christ. this fish was. I mean, That's this is a, wild. a two acre pond, you know? So, yeah. 
it's just a healthy area it seems like uh the water quality the forage we don't get that cold spell they just they get a lot of good growth so a lot mm. of good factors yeah that's awesome uh, so what experience do you have on rayburn then is this a lake that you're pretty familiar with or do you kind of uh, kind of just don't don't go to it as much or i'd only been to it once before and it was this year it was actually back in july so it wasn't too long before and it was super hot i, I only caught three fish i didn't have a chance to pre-fish at that time and i only caught three fish and i knew if i was going to go back for the hobie just why i got out there and pre-fished a couple of days that I, I was going to need to go try to figure the lake out a lot of it's because it was being drawn down at the time, but you know, that always plays a factor in when you got the water dropping. Yeah. But to answer your question, I mean, no, not a lot of experience. I only had one day on the water prior to practice. Okay. Yeah. So you got, you came into it kind of with a fresh mindset. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had no, no experience to have good or bad or indifferent on, right. It was just, let's just go <laughs> yeah. and try to find some fish. Yeah. It just... played to my benefit. How, how weird the lake was. It seemed like for all the people that were familiar. Uh, yeah. I, I could see that. I, I feel like a lot of times this year I've burned myself trying to fish history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't, I ha- honestly haven't fished hardly anywhere this year that I haven't fished before. So I've been, I've been having kind of a rough year as far as tournament wise. Um, well, you know, I, when I got into kayak fishing last year, I forced myself to literally there. My buddy was joking, Scott, that got me into it. He said, well, yeah. since you go to every league around here, everybody's calling you out as a local because nobody knows any different. You know, I go to every, everybody's <laughs> events um, and nobody really, I guess, you know, people that don't know me don't know where I'm from. So there's like, oh, he must be local. He's always at our events. Oh, you know? yeah. And you're, it's like an eight hour drive for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a local. We'll call it that. But that that played a big benefit in me getting the knowledge, right? You know, I mean, I've seen yeah. so many different types of lakes. I went out to Gunnersville this year for the Bassmasters. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of different types of scenarios and weather patterns and two full years of watching the transitions, listening yeah. to what the leaders have done. That gave me just a lot of stuff to kind of put together that really played in benefit of getting this win. So, yeah, no doubt. Um, so, you mentioned practice earlier. Um, how did how does your practice go for you? Um, really how did good you approach practice. Uh, I I told uh, you know I went in knew and I was going to move around a bunch trying to cover water and just try to find where there was a juicy spot with some big fish in it. And I knew yeah. it was going to be hard to come by a lot of big fish, but you got to be around big fish to catch them. And so my goal is to cover a bunch of water get a couple of good bites in an area and move on just with the confidence and knowing that they're there, drop a couple of waypoints and forget about it. Right. And yeah, I got into a spot in practice that on day two of practice, day one was pretty good, but I only had an 18 inch fish and I had some 16s, but nothing special. I was like, ah, I mean, I'd probably cut a check, but I'm not winning with that. Yeah. Let's go try to find a place you could potentially win at. And I had second day, I was throwing a buzz bait, just trying to cover water over some grass. And I caught four, three fish and four casts. Oh, wow. And I, I, the last two casts, I wasn't even trying. I caught two fish on the first two casts. And the last two, I was trying to move out of the cove. And I thought I was just going to like, oh, let me just throw a cast over here. And I caught yeah. this. And I kind of like halfway dragging it behind you. kind of Basically. Yeah, yeah, basically. So as soon as I caught the third fish, I was just like, okay, yeah, I'm not making another cast in here. And they were nice. 20 and 19 in the 16. 
And I was oh, like, wow. Yeah. Best. So that's, that's what you're looking for, especially yeah. in a fall event. You, if you can get those 19s and 20s, uh, those are those are a big deal. Any event, if I catch a nineteen and a twenty next to each other, it's like okay, okay there's good enough quality here. I'm going to assume that's not the only two fish that are in that area. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe they are, but you know, <laughs> so we've covered some uh, Florida and Texas events this year that it seemed like if you weren't catching like twenty to twenty twos, you're being left in the dust. It seemed like. That's for, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the times of the year here, I mean, it does take a hundred plus inches to win a lot of our tournaments. So yeah. you know, to your point, you gotta be catching twenties most of the time. Yeah. <clears throat> but in the fall transition, I'm guessing this is a fall transition event. Yeah. Um, yep. What, like what kind of water temps were you guys seeing? Um, like in the eighties or something, something like that. What were you seeing, Cayman? Yeah, um, I was starting at about like 85, 85, 86, okay. 90, 89, 90. Yeah. That's so, pretty warm. I, I, I heard everybody else saying their water temps before I got there because I got there on, I uh, started pre fishing on Thursday. So there a lot of other people had fished a couple of days. Everybody was throwing around 89, 86, 87 starting temps. Yeah. And that spot that I caught those three fish in, it was 82 degrees, and this was at 930. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's really cool compared to what everybody else is telling me. Yeah. So that was another reason why I kind of tucked those fish away and was like, that's that's interesting. It's a cool area. It's off the main lake. It's grass you there. there was like a spring or something in that area? I, I, I see a it lot was, of spring fishing this time of year. Um, I mean, I'm speculating, but it probably is. There's probably some accuracy to it. They were drawing the lake down, and it was right yeah. off the main channel. I think it was just pulling that cold Current. channel water up into yes. the shallows as it was dropping, if that makes sense. Yeah. Huh. That's what I assume. Right. What else would make any sense? There's no reason there would be cold water there. There was no spring. There was no. I looked around. I was like, where's yeah. it coming from? Because there was a little bit of like a pocket back that back in the direction, but it actually got warmer when I got up in that pocket and it was covered in grass. So I was like, well, that's mm. not where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've learned that over the years and these hot times of years, you can find a couple of degrees cooler. That's oh, yeah. Even one degree will make a difference, but a couple oh, of yeah. degrees. Yeah. I, I don't, they, they know, I don't know how they know, but they know that. Well, the bait, the bait knows. Yeah, the, bait, knows. the bait knows. They know, where the, they look for the bait, you know? <laughs> it's kind of wild that it just like, moves around until it's just like oh yeah now it feels good over here yep. <laughs> let's just settle down over yeah. here yeah. Um, so rayburn sets up the it's kind of like we were saying a lowland reservoir were you guys seeing like a lot of grass right now um like out here at least it, it kind of seems like september and october especially when they start drawing the lake down is like your peak times a year for grass um yeah. and grass mats and stuff like that yeah i was seeing a lot of grass um i mean there were certain areas where there was no grass which is, i think is normal but the yeah. areas that had grass yeah there was good mats there it was it was the way i like it you know there was enough water on top of a lot of it that you could fish it with subsurface oh, yeah. baits but there was the mix of the mats you know so you could kind of go back and forth and not have to move a bunch of water to see the difference so hmm. wow uh so you found it sounds like you found him found your spot in practice and uh, so practice is pretty productive for you. 
Yeah. Really? Uh, what about right. you? Did you? Did you get a chance to practice at all, or how, how did you approach the event? Oh, um, I got two days of practice. <laughs> Zoning yeah. off over there. <laughs> Sorry, my dog was kind of like looking at me whining anyways. But <laughs> <laughs> you kid. Um, yeah, I got two days of practice, and I've never seen it like before. Yeah. Watched a whole bunch of YouTube videos on the – or listened to them on the way down. and Yeah. Uh, I feel I really like – I'm uh, being on the door. Uh, uh, no, that, that was Lake Fork. My bad. I was gonna say that didn't the Bassmasters go out there a couple years ago in the fall whenever they had to switch all their events to the fall? But it was like Fork that they went out in the fall. Uh, um, so that may be good good yeah, research for was... that native event. But... Yeah, yeah just fall last year. No, it was spring last year. They had a Fork event for at least the Elite Series. They may yeah. have had another fall event because Alton Jones won that one. That was like in March, if I remember correctly, last yeah. year. I think it was like 2020, 2020 or 20, no, it was 2021 when they went out there and it was That's Patrick that, Walker. Was that when Lee won? I think it was, no, that was, it was before that one. It was when Patrick Walters won with like a hundred something pounds. Yeah, he was live scoping up in those, yeah, live scoping. It was kind of one of the first guys to start live scoping out in those trees. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. He really put the put that on the map on that like thirty two pounds and whatever that one day and yeah. yeah he like he had like a I think he had like a twenty something pound lead over second place, um, but anyways, so you were doing a lot of research on YouTube and stuff for for this event uh, to try to get some idea of what you were gonna do. So what what did yeah, that how yeah, that which... how that go for you? Like what did you? going into I mean, what did you like i'm gonna start on this kind of stuff yeah yeah i mean there was fish doing what i saw in videos and whatnot but it, the bite i found wasn't on tournament day wasn't what i really planned on doing i plan on being offshore um okay. possibly chasing some schooling fish but mainly just fishing structure brush piles yeah. or uh ledges or some points or something like that yeah um, and i found fish out there mainly school and fish and i i didn't really trust it i knew i had some backup areas close by that had fish and grass that i could maybe get a small limit but i didn't really trust the school and fish to be there so yeah we rented they, the area I, I guess philip you might be able to answer this better do you know if they like kind of migrate more um instead of staying in one because i mean some of our lakes they kind of those fish will like they will not stay in one spot. They just end up migrating all over the lake. Um, well, I think this is kind of what Kenny was alluding to, but it's I think everybody saw this. The fish were moving around a ton, and yeah, I mean yeah. they're they're chasing bait, right? I mean you're catching them and they're spitting up bait, so they're chasing the bait. The bait's not staying in one spot because you'd see yeah. it flicker in one moment and then it wouldn't be there the next. It was I mean it wasn't the same for you, Cayman. Would you kind of like see spurts? Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. trust the I wouldn't trust the school of fish either. I guess my question for you is, what compelled you on tournament day, and what yeah. you that made you go do Abandoned what you did? That. That's yeah. what I'm curious about. I mean, it was I knew there was some fish around grass, um, and the last two hours of practice, we ran to an area of the lake that looked good, and there was fish doing the same thing. I knew I could catch a limit, and it was just you know I had to figure out how to get bigger bites at that point. Um, 
I Makes mean, sense. yeah. It was a great, good move. I'm just curious. Like it takes yeah. it takes a little bit of gumption, right? You know, you I've made those moves. It doesn't always work out, right? So I've definitely had it not work out more than more than it has. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, it has not worked yeah. out for me a lot this year. <laughs> Every time I make a move, it's just like, well, that was dumb. Why did I do that? <laughs> the strategy of kayak fishing. Yeah, uh, especially when it takes you so long to get to a spot. Uh, you really burn up a lot of your time if you're making a run to something and it doesn't work out. You're like, wow, I just wasted half my day. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're talking about picking places apart. I mean, as I listen to any local tournament, big tournaments, you know, a lot of people win in small areas. They may have a little backup area or two, that, but they're always really close. Usually, They're not really covering a lot of water. Yeah. There's rarities. Rolando Nadine won at Caddo this year, and I was sitting next to him when he made like a couple of mile trap towards the end of the day across the lake and found him in some deep, you know, trees. So people wow. do it. Yeah. But I mean, how often do you make that move and it doesn't work out, right? And for him, it was a gold mine. So you look like a genius when hindsight's <laughs> right? You know? I feel like you got to be, uh, I've, at least I've learned that you got to be in a kind of a certain spot in your day to be able to have the courage to make that run like if you've yeah. already got a limit or something and it's an average limit or <clears throat> a smaller limit then you're like i gotta do something else i gotta try to yep. make something happen here um yep. yep but otherwise if you're on them and you make that run it doesn't make sense to do that yeah well we weren't on him so he was smart to do something different he, he yeah. made the right move so <laughs> um yeah so I guess you've kind of alluded to how did so Cayman, how did your day one go? Um and talk about that move a little bit, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I didn't really have much knowledge on the area at all. Just we ran around the cove for two hours and I mean showed up with just open mind and I only had one fish for the first like three hours. Okay. Um, yeah, that's gotta be a nerve wracking, I guess. Yeah, it was kinda good frustrating yeah. <laughs> finally pulled down a bank and caught two more and um felt a little better needing that all i needed a couple bites and just kept working grass edges and whatnot and yeah at the same time i my drive broke lying in a 19 and on a fluke in the back of a grass mat so it forced that me to sucks. slow down and just yeah so i just started fishing everything because i'm like well i can't run anywhere now i might as well yeah. just fish it and hope Power pole down and just uh, pick it apart. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so being that you know one fin, I could only go like a mile and a half an hour. Yeah, wobbling. Then I did that uh, at a uh, Gunnersville the other weekend when I was out there. Uh, I guess I was just paddling through grass too hard and I broke a fin off. And halfway through my day, I just it, it just got really loose on me and just felt super like there was no resistance on it. And I picked it up. I was like, what the hell happened to my fin? It's gone. Yeah. That's pretty much so, what happened to me. <laughs> dude, it's frustrating. I, luckily it was a motor event though. So, and I had a motor, so I, at least it, I didn't have to, I was like four miles, four and a half miles from the ramp. So it had been, oh, it would have taken me a while to get back. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Sucks. So, was it a Hobie drive that that you had that happen yeah, to was, also? Huh. 
Yeah, I run a, a PA 14, 360 anyways. And, yeah, that's yeah. the same exact boat I'm in. So yeah, maybe we need to we need to call Hobie and say, hey, what's up with these uh, with the, what's up with these fins, man? Right. Or, right. The only thing I think of is the grass grabbed the split ring that keeps that pin. Yeah. And ripped, ripped it out, and I don't know how, but yeah, that's what I I was like. I don't know how that happened? split ring's gone, or how how that would have happened, or if I would. Now, to be fair, I, I'm abusive on my drive, and I literally <laughs> went straight through a grass mat and just kept pedaling through it. <laughs> and I'm wondering if I just like somehow forced that split ring to just like bend bend over and go through somehow. Um, but yeah. anyways, yeah, I had the same thing happen. I mean, they gave us breakaway fins. We want to use them, okay? Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> they should come with a warning, though. Like, hey, don't try to go straight through a grass mat. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> I think I get too much confidence in it going through that sparse grass. Because it goes yeah. through that pretty pretty easily that I'm just like, yeah, I can get through that mat. It's, it's no biggie. Oh. <laughs> uh just get it bogged down and then i get too lazy to pull it and paddle so i'm just like yeah i'm just gonna force yeah. my way through this <laughs> classic <laughs> uh, so it, so anyways you lost your fin and you uh basically just picked that spot apart after that um and you said you were in a, in yeah. a grass edge or uh, like around a grass mat yeah i was fishing grass edges um mainly to start uh, that's where we caught fish the day before anyways and yeah. trying to fill a limit. The pressure really got to them. They weren't as active. They were still using the grass edges, but since I had to slow down, that's what led into what I found uh, about 1 o'clock anyways. I pushed way in the back of a creek just to see if they were there yeah. and found a... It was probably... There was like two sections of it, but it was a, about maybe 30 to... And the other grass mat was about 20 foot wide mm -hmm. not big at all really and i caught like seven fish out of it and two of them are 18s oh wow so i'm like oh there's some good fish in the back of these creeks and I had a whole bunch of little fingers and then that's just what i did on the day two is just run those fingers fishing all the the grass mats at the back yeah so making your way into the backs of the creeks uh or were you seeing a lot of bait and stuff back in there or did you just have um, a feeling that, like, that's where they were going to be? They, there was bait. Um, it was mainly bluegill. Okay. There was a lot of bluegill and just smaller, yeah. you know, three, four inches mainly. And that's what I think they were feeding on anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, I saw something at Gunnersville the other week, too, that I'd never seen before. Like, massive schools of bluegill, like I probably saw a million bluegill that were just lined up on the grass edge all the way around a creek. Um, and I'd, yeah. I'd never seen that. Oh, I'd never seen that many bluegill before. I was like, what the hell is happening over here? They're like yeah. schooled up like Shadar. Um, but I'm wondering if like, that's a fall time pattern that's, that I'm not taking advantage of, uh, that I need to start looking into more. Um, bluegill patterns in the fall I typically always focus on the the shad patterns uh, yeah i i can really find almost a bluegill pattern 
it may not be the best pattern to find because it's yeah. not always the best, but um, there's usually some fish always chasing bluegill, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, especially around the grass and stuff like that, like you're talking. Um, yeah. Usually bigger like, fish, too. Yeah. Yeah, usually some good bluegill, The gill eaters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Philip, how, how did your day one go? What? How did you approach your day one? You said you found a spot in practice. Um, did you go straight yeah, to that spot? or uh... I did, and um, I was a bit nervous because I got to the ramp a little late. I just kind of missed time getting out of my Airbnb and getting coffee and typical morning time stuff. Yeah. You know, was. So anyways, I uh... – Usually uh, I wake up uh, right at lines in or something like that is how, how my morning yeah. usually starts. So I was putting in my, my yak as it was takeoff time. So I wasn't late, but for me, like I'm usually just out there loitering around waiting on starting time. So yeah, it's kind of getting everything going. My graph was acting kind of weird on me. I had to turn it off and on a couple of times to actually get it to GPS up and everything. So mm-hmm. freezing on me. I'm like, Oh man, is this how this is going to start? Yeah. This is going to be and, one of those uh, things. I got a speeding ticket on the way out there. So I'm like, this is going to be one of those like bad almond trips where just like weird, bad things happen. But thankfully everything came up on my graph and I got out in front of everybody. I'm always a peddler. I don't have a motor. So yeah, strong legs got out in front of everybody. And I thought I actually have my GoPro. I recorded this. I'm like, I really hope everybody doesn't stack up around me because there was like 10, 15, maybe I didn't exactly see how many, but there's a, pack behind me and i didn't even want to look back yeah. i didn't want to veer off path i just wanted to keep going yeah i got to my spot i kind of just protected it everybody blew past me they didn't even think about stopping and huh. so i'm like well that's pretty cool bass yeah, boats good, come huh? flying around there's a bunch of bass boat tournaments that they won and bass oh, boats i forgot yeah a lot of boat pressure that that i mean it's Texas. I mean, it's, yeah, it's Texas and it's starting to get kind of, you know, like the the people that are going to deer hunt, like they're getting their last bit of fishing out of their system, club events or having their championships. And it's a Saturday in Texas, right? And it's not deer season. And it's nice out. It's not a hundred degrees. Well, it was almost a hundred, but it's not as hot as it's been. So anyway, all that said, added up to a lot of boat traffic, but somehow or another, this little place I had found, which was on the main lake, Nobody came over there. Hmm. I mean, there I guess, was one. Go ahead. I was going to say, I guess on the main lake, a lot of people pass that up this time of year to go straight to the backs of creeks and stuff. Um, well, there's a lot of people on different main lake spots, and there was a guy that was another kayaker in the in the Hobie that was on a point adjacent from me, but nobody came over in that area, and yeah. that one guy kind of fanned through a couple of times through the day, but nobody ever came over there the whole day. I figured at some point I was going to have to, like, be that guy, so to speak, and be like, yeah. Look, I'm kind of fishing here. It's not a very big area. <laughs> yeah. I'd really appreciate it if, you know, you didn't hog me over here. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you have to sometimes, right? It's like, let's be respectful with each other. Obviously, yeah. this is a big enough area to fish. Especially if it's something I feel like if it's something you found in practice that you're confident in, yeah, and you know that it could potentially cash you a check or win the event. Um, well, you yeah, gotta like, kind of get like a little defensive about it. Well, in this area, it was so like the whole area is maybe a football field, but there's like some small, juicy spots with you know the spot within the spot, if you will. Yeah, it was never like one spot that I got a ton of bites per se, but there was this one mat 
that was like 30 foot wide. So it's kind of like what came and saying, you know, it just wasn't a very big mat. Yeah. But there was a bunch of fish in it and I was getting some frog bites in it and I was getting buzz bites in it. And I could go out to the flat that was adjacent from that and I could get subsurface bites on swim baits or jackhammer. I was getting most yeah. of them on that, but other things as well. And so I was mixing it between those two. I just try not to soak the bait too much. I started off, got a couple of buzz bait bites early. After I caught my first two fish, the, the mat bite was getting slow. So I was like, let's just not hammer this all day. It only been like 45 minutes. So I whacked yeah. off. I made a couple of casts. I had a miss. It was just a slam and miss. And I was like, okay, there's some fish here. Seen a couple of fish bust. And that's when I caught my 22. Um, so oh, I threw wow. right where I seen a couple of fish bust. I made a couple of cranks and it just loaded up. And I honestly thought I reeled into a mat or into some heavy grass, rather some, some underwater grass. But I've learned from experience that fish will do that, especially on a jackhammer. They'll just load you up and it just feels mm-hmm. like dead weight. So I held yeah. my rod there for a minute and it gave me that telltale thump, thump. And I'm like, uh-oh. And it started coming at me. And so I actually thought I lost that fish like three times on the way in. And I so never even like knew. swimming at you a hundred miles an hour. And- exactly. Never even yeah. knew it was a big fish until I just had spidey sense. I was like, this thing's playing like those. I've had big fish really hurt my feelings as we all have as fishermen. Yeah. And that's yeah. how they usually do it. They're slack lining you the whole time and you never really get a good hook set and all those factors. And then they, and they come up and jump or something. And that's right. They, yeah. Yeah. But I, anticipated it i don't know how call it grace of god because i anticipated it and as this fish gets uh to the boat or to the yak rather i just picked straight up and i'd seen color and dip down as deep as i could literally felt this fish ram into the net because she was about to dive yeah and i just ripped it straight up as fast as i could so she couldn't get away so that's awesome I may have, you know, I had a good hook set on her, so I may not have lost her, but yeah, could have gotten the drive. A lot of things can happen when they take the oh, dive. Sure. So, I feel like with a net, you, you kind of have the opportunity to fish, like, horse them in a little more than you maybe would if you weren't using a net and just kind of oh, yeah. get into well, the net as fast as you can, essentially. Well, how many times do you pick straight up like that and they come straight up free willy style on you? So it's like I was afraid yeah. that was going to happen, but I, I just knew my only chance of catching that fish by the way it was running at me was just to try to get it in the net yesterday. And so yeah. I got lucky, you know. I, I did about that it. earlier this year. I had a, a 23 that I picked up on as I was trying to get it to the net. And my I got it on video, my jig in its mouth, popping out of its mouth. And it was freewheeling like you're talking about but like kind of a half-ass version of it like mm-hmm. kind of just flopping up and i caught it with my net as it was yeah. doing that <laughs> and i was like oh my god that was so lucky yeah man uh, love, love it when you uh actually that red trophy that's behind me over here i won that tournament and i had a 21 do the same thing on jackhammer it jumped up and i had my net and it luckily jumped in the net <laughs> yeah oh, yeah so when luck's on your side, it's just I yeah, mean, that's just, what I it's felt your like. Day kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you lose that twenty-two, you don't win the tournament. I mean, that's a, that yeah, was, that was a big difference for you. Um, I'll go over some of the day one stats here. You you were in first place with ninety-two and a quarter inches um, mm-hmm. on day one. Uh, I think I lost my camera here. Yeah, you froze up. Is my audio still going? Yeah, your audio's still going. 
Yeah. I don't know. Here, let me start that over. In the meantime, um, so yeah, you were in day one lead there with 92 and a quarter inches, and that 22 looked like it was a big, uh, a big game changer for you. I mean, yeah, the I mean, next biggest fish that day, like a was it, well, there's a 22.75, but not a whole yeah. lot of 20 inch fish being caught this time of year. Um, oh, no, there wasn't. No, it, which is shocking, but it's not shocking at the same time because of the time of year it is. And again, it was talking to everybody in practice. I knew, you know, you get a couple of good bites and you had a really good chance of going out and doing something. No, you're not necessarily winning, but I knew it was going to help. And I mean, that 22, if you look at that, you take that away and make it, you know, just say an 18 or whatever. I'm down there, you know, yeah. five, six, you know, so it's just like, Right Those there with the everybody lines. else. There, it seemed like it was a lot of the mid to high 90-inch limits being caught, um, where, like you're saying, a lot of <clears throat> those 16 to 18-inch fish um, limits full of those. Yeah. And so a lot of those guys had one good fish, like 120. Yeah. <clears throat> that's just but how yeah. fish it was. It was a lot of, you know, 13 to 16-inch fish were pretty prevalent, you know, but getting things over that. So well, at times it felt like a 16 was hard to come by, especially when you had a 15 in your bag. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of small. Yeah, tenth place was all the way down to tenth place was 80 inches, which sounds crazy to me to say about a Texas lake that 80 inches would get you in top 10. Uh, yeah, super stingy. And so yeah. came in, yeah, you were in fifth on day one uh, with 85 and three quarter. Um, but second was Joshua Dial D. I hope I said that right. Uh, 89 and a half inches. And third was Brian Howell with 87 inches. And fourth, Carl Griffin with 86 and a quarter. So a lot of those mid to high 80 inch limits. Um, and then you just need that one big kicker like Philip, Philip got to kind of set you apart from the rest of the field. Well, what's funny about that is because Brian, Brian and I are buddies. He sent me a screenshot when he jumped up right behind me within a quarter of an inch. Oh, he's, yeah. at, he's at 88 and whatever, and I'm at 89 or it was, you know, but I was within a quarter inch. I don't forget exactly the numbers, but he yeah. sent me a screenshot and then sent me the eyes emoji. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. That gave you a little extra push to. It, uh, it did because the, Probably the biggest piece of day one was the last 30 minutes. I caught a 15-incher, which only gave me a quarter of an inch. But that ended up, you know, giving me a small coal. And then I caught yeah. a 19-incher. Oh, right? yeah. That's, and, that, that was their second biggest of the day, it looked like. Um, yeah, so that gave me another couple inches. That extra two 2.75 inches that I culled up at the end of the day, and I win by two inches. So it's, again, like the big kicker get those two extra coals. I don't know how many times I hear these stories. People win. It's just like everything tends to line up. And it's like, yeah. how many times have I lost a tournament or been just out of the check? And it's like, well, if this would have happened and this would have happened and this would have happened, yeah. just, all those things just happened. That's the, that was the culmination. I'm still waiting for my, my luck to go the other way. It's always, uh, <laughs> this would have happened and this would have happened. <laughs> Maybe yeah. someday. I'm going to put that out there in the universe. Hopefully it gets fulfilled this week. Just manifest it, you know, just yeah. say, 
I joked with Brian. I said, well, I'm saving. I hadn't won a tournament all year. I said, I'm going to win mine, and I'm saving it for Sam Rayburn. Yeah, I'm <laughs> saving for the biggest biggest one I'm going to fish this year at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, so you had the lead going into day one. Uh, Kevin, you're not too far behind him. I mean, seven inches. Is that, is that right? Seven inches, yeah, yeah. somewhere around yeah. the seven inch mark, March, yeah. six and a half, seven inches. <clears throat> um, I mean, what was your thought process going into day two? Uh, were you just gonna kind of do the same thing, or kind of, first of all, did you get another fin before day two, or how did you deal I did. with that? Well, so I was gonna borrow a drive from a friend that um wasn't fishing the event, yeah. Um, and then, but I messaged AJ to see what he, because I, she, she was maybe going to be fishing. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday, following uh, Adam McCluskey around. Okay. So she needed, needed her drive anyways. Um, yeah. So I messaged AJ to see what parts he had or just as a, just in case. And um, he's actually had a whole drive for me. Yeah. So I, I was going to say, I think AJ usually has like a whole fix a drive trailer it yep. seems like full of extra parts and pieces for yeah all the people that have issues with their stuff uh, at the event um, i guess that's one of the nice things of fishing a hobie event with a hobie kayak is that they'll right. bring stuff yeah. the to, to be able to fix your fix your kayak if something happens um, yeah it was it was really nice to be able to get a new drive yeah, that's awesome. So he gave you a brand new drive to use for the event. Yeah. Well, part of it too, my my one of the cable, the right side cable on the inside of the drive, is only holding on by like a couple threads. Oh yeah, yeah, so I had that happen to me too. Uh, yeah. I mean, part partially a lot of abuse also, but yeah, uh, yeah. So I got a whole drive like, after AJ. like two and a half years or three years of use. Uh, like busted a, busted the cables on one of my old drives. Um, yeah, <laughs> but so that's that's pretty nice that he gave you a new drive. Did you still have that drive? Like, did he let you keep that one or? I didn't, um, no, he just basically wrote it off as like a warranty replacement. Yeah, well, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. That's the best warranty replacement yeah. ever. Just hand it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. On-site service, man. He does everything. Uh, yeah, this is why you should buy a Hobie, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Best customer service around, sounds like. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Not a sponsor, awesome. by the way. Just, just a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's cool, man. So you, you got your a brand new drive for day two, um, and so going into day two. What did you did you what kind of adjustments maybe did you make or did you kind of go with the same game plan? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I was stoked to just be. I didn't think we only had eighty five inches and being Raber, and I did not think I'd be in fifth. Yeah. Um, so I was stoked to just <laughs> yeah. be there in the position I was. Uh, since yeah, I had found real. a pattern or thought I found a pattern, anyways, I ran that started on the edge and just worked my way into the back of the cove and sure enough in the first hour i caught the 20 was my first fish i caught of the day um caught a couple 12 inches a 14 and a 15 and a 19 anyways and then was just calling up from there 
and then just started running that pattern through the rest of the little backwaters and pockets yeah. in that whole area. And it colon with a 16 and then it took me a while. It took me till about one o'clock to catch another fish anyways. And, um, that's when I caught an 18. Um, that's awesome. So what did that 18 yeah. call for you? Like a 14 uh, or something like 12. that? A 12. No, it, wow. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You said that was at the end of the day? Yeah. Or like yeah, close was, to the end of the It was about one o'clock anyways. So last couple of wow, hours. Oh, yeah. That, that, that jumped you up quite a bit. Uh, yeah. That would have yeah, been in, what, sixth or something like that if you didn't have that fish and – Right, right. I had jumped you all the way up to second. And, yeah, exactly. J- jumped from pretty much 82 to 88 inches, and it helped a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yes, I mean, the, like we were just saying, the, just those couple key bites in these transition events seems like it's it really makes a huge difference. Um, especially, I, I, I kind of like fishing these tougher events. It, it seems like it's kind of more like an equalizer and the the field it seems like it's more fair across the field um whereas like in those yeah. other times of the year it seems like one person's just dialed and they got it they're pretty much dominating it or a handful of people are dominating it but yeah um, yeah sure so that's that's pretty cool that you, that you were able to make that happen um what did you think was holding those fish in those areas like just the bluegill or was there certain uh, types of vegetation that kind of Made it a so, little different or? Well, the mats were better in the back. And okay. I think the pressure kind of pushed them back there because there was a ton of boats. I mean, yeah. on Saturday, I probably saw 30 boats roll through the area. Wow. Plus kayak. Um, but everybody yeah. was fishing the edges and fishing the outside of it. They weren't going all the way back in. Yeah. And it was the mats that were kind of a little, like almost like hollow on the inside. They could get in them a little easier. They weren't as dense. Yeah. And so, and those were, were you, pretty much all in the back of the creek. Were you punching any of those mats or uh, mostly just, uh, you said you were throwing uh, a fluke? And... Yeah, fluke. Um, I caught one 19 on. Um, I tried punching a little bit just because they're just coming up for the frog Yeah, through the middle of the mat, but I could never get a punch bite. Yeah. Um, I a have a hard jig. time figuring out a punch bite, man. It just doesn't work yeah, for me. Yeah. <laughs> I threw a swim uh, jig and a check on the edges. But that's awesome. Uh, well, that's cool, man. Uh, well, what about you, Philip? How did you uh, approach day two? I mean, you had the lead going into day two. Uh, basically, just try to milk the lead and keep keep them off of you. Or, well, my, my plan was to go out and replicate day one and try to get same amount of inches. You know, obviously, you can see where yeah. I ended up in that. Well, to get to why I didn't get there, because I definitely had the opportunity to get exactly the same. But um, I went out there with the game plan to fish the same, cover a lot of water, throw a lot of baits. It was junk fishing, you know. Yeah. So it was just, you know, you'd catch a couple of fish on one lure. They wouldn't touch it. Pick up another lure. You might catch a fish. You might not. And it was just cycling lures, you know. And yeah. I had four, probably four to five rods, you know, hanging off the end of my, my yak at any time, <laughs> you know. Uh, I've got good about at least hooking them up where there's not dangling lures everywhere. But oh, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm yeah. bad about sometimes leaving lures dangling and then I go yeah. to pick one up and they're all freaking wrapped together and stuff. I'm like, 
Yeah. The kayak Christmas tree doesn't work out too well sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. so anyways, I, my plan was to go out there, go to that same spot, protect it. I knew that I needed to stay around it again all day. Um, was, there was nobody at the ramp, though. So when I show up, I'm just like, okay, this is there's two yeah. people. One of them's a good buddy of mine. He looks at me and says, hey, I'm not going to even be around you. Just tell me where you're going to go, and I'm going to go somewhere else. The other guy was like, yeah, man, hey, you're leading – you know, we're good car blanche. Just go have at it. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, that's cool. No pressure. That's a lot, a lot um, less stressful than the day one launch where you're trying to race yeah. everybody to the spot. Yeah. Yeah. And duck boaters and everything. <laughs> so yeah. Get out to day one. And I'm just sitting there kind of reveling in the moment. And I just kept telling myself, don't, don't overthink it. Just go fishing again. And so I yeah. went into it. It's very similar. Throwing the buzz bait. Caught a couple of fish. Literally, first three casts, I caught two fish. And I was like, whoa, this is going to be a fun day of fishing, you know? Yeah. And they weren't big fish. It was like a 16 and a 14. But just to catch two fish that quick, you get five fish real quick, and then the rest of the day is fun because you're just Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a limit of 16s. What does that put you at? 80 inches? Yeah. Um, And then just one more kicker from there is like kind of right where you needed to be for the exactly day. you know it's what i was thinking you know you get some 14 16 maybe 17 here and there and then you get one big kicker you're kind of like right there where you need to be yeah um so i kind of got a little slow i picked up the jackhammer started throwing it i was surprised i didn't get a bite on the first couple of passes through so started throwing some different things wasn't getting any bites and then i picked up a little well swim bait and like the second cast, I caught that it was damn near 19. It was 18.75, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, but I caught that fish, which is my, ended to be my biggest fish that day. Um, it was obviously a big help in the whole deal. But uh, yeah. Day I two, caught, you, had a, you had a 19 and a half. As oh, okay. That's that. right. I caught, yeah, we'll get to that later. But anyways, yeah. Okay. So I caught, yeah. So I caught that eight. That was the one I caught in the swim bay. Yeah, the 19.75. Because uh, that was my biggest fish of the day. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, this is gonna be perfect. I'll just throw the swim bait all day. That was the only big fish I caught <laughs> on the swim bait. Everything else is like 14 inches. Uh, I did finish my limit out with that swim bait. Started going back to the mat, and uh, you know, just started doing my same game plan over and over again. You said, did you say that you were throwing the whale? Is that the six cents whale that you're yeah, throwing? Exactly. Which, which you don't have to say, I guess. But what you know, what size it was. Uh, yeah, it's the four point three, if I recall, the four, whatever the four, the low four okay. is. But yeah, Re- that, I mean, go ahead. I was gonna say I like that. I like that bait because it kind of is like a, it has the same kind of action that a Magdraft has, but you can get all kinds of different yeah, sizes in it. Um, it's smaller. It's cheaper than a Magdraft yeah. is. Yeah. Um, you can catch a lot more fish on it without tearing it up. But for me, it was really about the size more than anything. I like yeah. the profile. I like a little chunkier swim bait. For whatever reason, I'm not a fan of a real skinny swim bait when you get bigger. And I was really yeah. trying to mimic that jackhammer size because they seemed to like it. The, the fish that I wanted to catch at least seemed like that jackhammer size. But they okay. weren't really biting it. And I'm like, well, i got to go something more subtle. So that's what prompted me to go over to that. And I didn't even really hardly throw that the first day. So yeah. that was a smart move to – keep confidence to keep throwing it because i could have easily done like we've all done like well i didn't catch a fish on that clip it off and you know call it yeah a day. yeah uh, i do that all the time oh, <laughs> we all change do. out from day one to day two and i clip off a bunch of stuff that probably would have worked day two a lot better than what i end up tying on 
Oh yeah. Well, cause every day is different, right? Yeah. And then day two was so much different than day one for me. And it sounded like for everybody in varying different ways, but like, for instance, it seemed like, you know, because it was overcast, it was going to be just a great day of fishing all day. And for me, the more overcast and nastier it got, the harder fishing got, which was counterintuitive to what you'd think. You'd think the fishing would get better with that weather, which it usually does. I'm sad in case of fish. I kind of seem like, it kind of seems like sometimes in the fall, at least on those uh, grass lakes and stuff, that the overcast seems to be a harder time fishing than the bright sunny days. Uh, I mean, I guess certain days it can be. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I've definitely had day, plenty of days where I'm like, it's overcast, there's wind, why am I yeah. not catching fish? But when it would get bright and sunny and the wind would almost die that second day, that's when I was getting my bites. And it was just hmm. like, this makes no sense. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's was there any. I guess was that any significant change between the weather on day one and day two? Or was yeah, it, uh, we had a big like we had rainstorms that were north of the lake, and they kept trying to come over the lake, but that was keeping us with cloud cover all day. Okay, so uh, so you had a, like rain. a low pressure system kind of trying to move through. Uh, yeah, yeah, huh. it actually came over the lake. It rained on all of us, I believe. It rained on me pretty good, I know for sure. It rained on you, Cayman. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty much cloudy. It tried rain, sprinkled a little bit, but no, it rained. It rained, rained on me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that. <laughs> Were you ready for it, or did it kind of catch you off guard? And no, I was. So I was only a seven-minute paddle from the pedal, rather from the ramp. So I wasn't ever very far. And I never felt nervous. I seen a little bit of lightning, but it was far enough away that. You know, I, I felt comfortable. I don't know if I should have, but it was far enough away that I wasn't like, oh, I'm in immediate danger. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't like tasting metal or anything weird like that. So, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I do that plenty, but uh, I supposedly, if you see lightning, you're not really supposed to be like, well, that's what they say. But, yeah. you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, in the middle of a tournament, I'm not going to put my rods down and well what's funny down. about that is it ended up being a key deal because i caught a i think it was 1575 that gave me that a coal that ended up being a pretty big coal that, that second day i wouldn't have necessarily need it but i think i would only won by like a quarter of an inch that gave me a 1.75 inch coal like i said only wow. one two so uh, and that was throwing that little well i you know, just pitched it over a point. I'm heading back towards the ramp. I'm like, well, let me just get over here just in case, it, you know, all hell breaks loose. And it just, one of those typical sharp moves before it ever even hit the water, it come up oh, and just yeah. engulfed it. Like they were like, tracking oh. it in the air almost. Yeah, so, exactly. You know it awesome. was. Yeah. <clears throat> that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So how were you feeling getting off the water uh, on day two? Did you feel like you... Well, you had it in the bag or you were you nervous? No, I honestly thought yeah. I gave it up. I thought that I because well for a couple of reasons. One, because I only got 84 inches and I was yeah. like, man, that's pretty mediocre. I mean, it was decent for day one, but for day two, a lot of people had had better days, you know, upper yeah, 80s. So we're saying 80 inches had you in the top 10 on day one. 80 inches had you in 22nd place on day two. So, exactly, a lot better uh, fishing. Lot. Yeah, for the field, you had eighty-four, and it had you in the tenth place spot on day two. Which yeah, 
I guess so you have to be why. feeling a little nervous at that point. Well, because I was because I because I only had eighty four, but the reason I only had eighty four. So at that same point that I caught that one call, yeah, I right before that, the reason I was even throwing on that point was I, I was like, "There's got to be some fish there," so I'm throwing a jackhammer, hadn't got a bite. So I'm almost about to back away from it and I get slammed and I'm not right. It's like, you know, when you give up and you're like, Oh, there's not a fish here. Yeah. I'm like, basically looking behind me for my like next they just spot. Know, they just know that you're like on yes. your low right there. And like, yeah. And it wrecks me. And I just didn't ever, I never had a chance with this fish. It was 10 foot of line out at best. It comes up and gives me a big Shamu jump. I have my rod tip buried down under the water and it comes up and gives me another one and basically winks at me as it's throwing my jackhammer. I mean, it almost hit the nose of my kayak. It was right there. Uh, And this, this fish was, I caught a 24 and a half at at PK earlier this year, which is my biggest ever bass, my PB. That's massive. And this fish was, of that quality. I don't know if it was bigger, so I'm not going to go tell them fish stories, but I'll just say it was of that quality and it was yeah, definitely probably bigger than in my, that 22 to 24 inch range. I'm thinking more 23 because it was bigger than the 22 I caught the day before, definitively. Yeah. I mean, it wow. when it came up and it landed, it gave me one of those, like it sounded like a carp landing, you know? Yeah. Um, and as soon as I saw it, I just like took a deep breath and I was so in shock. I didn't even say a word. I went back. I want to go back and listen to it. Cause I'm sure I was just dead silent. I don't remember even when it came off. I just literally just made another cast. <laughs> Shake it off. Don't even just like, well, that was supposed to happen, I guess. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. That would have been a huge call for you. You had a, your smallest that day was a, 14 and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, you're like talking that. about between eight and 10 inches, depending on whether it's 22 or 24. We'll call it the smallest 22 to yeah. your point. You know, biggest I always just there. try to undersize it so that yeah. I'm not, I don't, I don't, it makes me feel better about losing it if I undersize it. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it was a bigger fish than that. And I'm like, oh, I was only a 22. It, it could have been a 24. It's fine. Cause that's, I mean, unless something crazy happens at that point in my mind, like I catch that fish, it's a nail in the coffin. Even at oh, 1030, sure. this is like 1035 yeah. when this happens, that's a nail in the coffin in my opinion. Cause it's like, I already gave myself a, a buffer on day one, you know, now I'm up there at 92 <laughs> inches again on day two. It's like, man, somebody's gonna have to do something crazy. Uh, you know, you can always get that hundred plus inch bag in Texas. So it's not impossible. It, it but can it happen. I guess there was, yeah, one guy had 95 inches, which seemed yeah, like Jacob. a bag of the uh, bag of the tournament. Um, but even then, it like I, there's only one 20 inch fish in that bag. Uh, there was a 21 and a half, and the rest was 19s and 18s, and yeah. a 16 in there. Okay. So it's like it's hard to hard to come by big fish this time of year, and for this yeah. time especially, and. I mean, it's kind of the end of the year, and that lake's got a, had a lot of pressure on it the whole all year long, um, from high school to club to major yeah. events. To, I mean, yeah, it's but it's cool to see that it's still holding up. I mean, you had 115 anglers in this event and 977 fish, so <laughs> a little less than 10 fish an angler. Um, 
Yeah, uh, but how many fish didn't get submitted, you know? Like, it's probably yeah. three or four or five times that number of amount of fish actually caught, if I had to guess. Yeah. And there's a lot of people, though, without – with. well, this is day two, so there's probably a lot of people that didn't fish day two. Let's see how many people – there's quite a few zeros. I mean, there was 10, 12 or so zeros. Um, how many people without – with limits – I mean, down to 55th place had limits, so that's still pretty good um, pretty average good. for a fall event, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people, and I felt like finding a limit wasn't going to be the deal. I was never nervous that I wasn't going to get five fish on both days and just let something yeah. crazy happened. It was like, really about, or, man, am I going to get some big bites? And when I get those big bites, am I going to get them in? Because they're, they're so meaningful. You didn't get many, many of them, so... Like that's again. That's why losing that one really, especially because it was so big. But yeah, no doubt. Know, and then day one, I didn't even say this, but day one, I lost three big fish. One of them I saw. It was just like the the big one. It was a nineteen plus right at the nose of my kayak. It just kept shamuing me, and it just spinning around me. Like just, you could potentially could have just blown them out of the water. Yeah, but everybody lost fish, right? Like it's it's not like I'm the only person who lost fish. So I was talking to Jacob Moeller, and he was like, "Man, you know, I'm not trying to say anything, but like if I caught all my fish on day one, I'd have been right there too." And I'm like, "Hey, man, we've all been there, you know. I just got <laughs> yeah. lucky, you know." Yeah. Uh, that's kind of crazy that there's so many lost fish. Uh, it seems like in the in these fall events too. It's just like just period, you know. It's, yeah. You're a you're a plastic boat, you know. You're getting pulled towards the fish. Yeah. Plus, bass are just very good at their craft, right? They they know. I don't know how they know then what they're doing, but they know if they jump or die or do something crazy, their chances of getting away is pretty good. They must. Yeah. They seem to be really good at it, at least for me. <laughs> they're trained. They're well educated. They've been uh, practicing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Especially those bigger ones, like that big one I lost. I doubt I'm the first angler that has had a, a dull moment over over her. So <laughs> yeah. she's probably broke a lot of hearts. Yeah, I actually seen. Uh, I don't know if y'all know who Derek Miller is, but he posted a Facebook post today, and there's a little crappie jig in the top of this huge bass that he had caught its mouth. He said, "Someone has a sad story to tell." <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> probably thought they caught a monster with a crappie rod on that All thing. Right. It, I mean, this thing was big. I don't know how many pounds. I'm guessing eight plus. Just looking at the mouth, it was big. Wow. Yeah. Um. Well, so that's pretty much the event. And going into weigh in, like, did how were you guys feeling going into weigh in? Did you guys think that you're going to be first and second place, or did you? Were you kind of just like, oh man, I kind of ruined my chances at this? Or go ahead, you first, Cayman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I really didn't think it would hold out. I was feeling good because I did better yeah. than the day before. But yeah, you had I eighty-eight mean, I, and three-quarter inches on day two. Uh, so, yeah, pretty good, pretty solid yeah. limit, and that's third, third best limit on day two. So that's uh, right, right. I didn't really get up check a couple spots. Right, right. So I didn't really get to check the leaderboard much. I didn't really have good service, so. I mean, the only time I checked the leaderboard was about 1.30 when I ran out towards Main Lake to find service and submit my fish. And um, saw so I was in second, but I didn't think it would hold up. And 
So it was, yeah. was kind of nervous. <laughs> That's awesome that it did. Uh, how did, how was that feeling getting called up uh, on the stage and everything? I mean, it was, it was real cool. I mean, I took top five in Wisconsin. So to be up there again, that was, that was really cool. And yeah, I figured I was going to be called at fourth or fifth or something like that, but yeah. They just keep calling names Start and you're like, wind it down. I'm like, Oh boy. I'm like, I knew I didn't have it. I didn't pass the 176 mark, but yeah. I mean, you're close. You, uh, a little less than two inches, uh, inch and three quarters. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, if I'd have caught like a 16 and a quarter or something like that on day one or a 17 and a quarter on day two, I'd have been basically tied. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. How about you, yeah. Philip? How, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, I think I said it, but I, you know, I basically yeah. told my sad fishing story to anybody that would listen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I was trying not to, I was trying not to let myself get geared up for a disappointment, but I, I knew that I was going to be disappointed if I didn't get first, simply because I had led for so long. It's not like yeah. I felt like I deserved <laughs> it any more than anybody else, or. It's Anything tough. Like that. I feel like it's tough to lose a fish like that in in that kind of quality of a field because you know that like that one fish can make such a huge difference in exactly. against that many good anglers. Um, well, my thinking is it's like okay, I lost my mind today. Who who got their lucky day today? You yeah, know? And I'm like, because yeah. we've all seen it happen. Like running it reel to reel in these events is very difficult to do, and yeah, uh, no. so. That's why all those things are running through my mind sitting there. It's just like, okay, regardless of anything, Philip, you've never, you started kayak fishing last year. You started bass fishing last year, you know, started yeah. kayak bass fishing rather last year. Tournament fishing is what I meant to say last year. Yeah. You know, you have a lot to be proud of just getting up here on the stage with the quality of people. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, came in and mentioned he fifth earlier this year. I mean, you know, just to even be able to compete with people with that quality, for me right. was honoring. Um, and so I didn't necessarily feel like I deserved it anymore. It was just more about, cause I had led so long. It's like, yeah. look, you have your chance. Like all you got to do is just close the dang door here. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was really all it was. It was just like, don't get disappointed, Philip. You're whether you get second or third or fourth, fifth or whatever happens, like you did really good. But I kept running through my mind like, but I was first, like ninety five percent of the time. <laughs> yeah, man, that's. I mean, that's pretty cool to even have the be first on day one, like in yeah. that field. Look, it's well, I didn't say it, but there was a TXKBL event that was running in tandem on day one with the Hobie, and I yeah. won that event. So you know, I'm coming out of all kinds of emotion. I had never won one of their events, and that was kind of a bucket lister for me. Yeah. They're a big trail here in Texas. They usually have over a hundred. It's not unlikely. Yeah, I was gonna say that, that isn't that one of the bigger trails. Oh yeah, they're a hundred plus in almost every event. You know, wow. I've seen them up around one hundred and fifty people for a local club event. Right? Jeez, I feel and like that so, would give you a lot of exposure to fishing against a lot of people in general and those like guys, talented anglers, and a lot of those yeah. guys are hammers. Yeah, if you beat those guys, to me, you know, I don't want to down anybody in Hobie, but it's almost the same level, really, because a lot of those guys do compete in these Hobies. A lot of those guys have won these Hobies. Yes. So that, well, that's 
they yeah. know those lakes a lot better than most yes. of the uh, people that are fishing the Hobies. They're well, yeah, they've been fishing for before the the kayak leagues even existed. You know, they've been out there hammering these lakes and boats <laughs> yeah. and whatever else. So I can tell you exactly lot. where a patch of grass has been at for twenty years. Kind of deal. Yeah. So you know, there's just a lot of things going through my head. You know, because it's like I had such a good day one. Come up here. Let's just you know go in there and be positive, but. I pretty much set my mind by the time I got up there and called for the top five, I was like, I'm going to be happy no matter what. Yeah, no I doubt. still want to be number one. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty cool that you got, that you won it, man. Uh, you ended up taking home the win and came in and you finished in second. Um, yeah. You guys had a good event. I mean, there's a lot of, it, looked like it was pretty tough on a lot of people uh and I, there's a lot of people that made a good jump on day two that had like 70 something inches day one and jumped up 90 inches almost on day two um fishing I've been nervous. a lot of people yeah. fishing flip-flop you know it was like either bad on day one or not as good and then real good and it was like for me you know not yeah. as good because i lost my big fish it was just a lot of you know a lot of people came in here. You were solid both days. You know, I'll give you credit for that. You know, you went out in there and put up good days both days and were consistent. Yeah, yeah there's only a handful of guys that looks like that was consistent like that. Um. One of my biggest goals coming into this year is just being consistent through you know, all tournaments and just trying to, you know, you're not going to win everything. Nobody's going to win everything. It does require a lot of luck. Anybody that's like Russ or somebody. But, yeah, yeah, we got certain people. Brian Howell, I keep mentioning him. He's one of those guys. He gets yeah, on yeah. streaks, and it's like you just can't beat him. In fact, I couldn't beat him at all this year. And finally, I knew going into that tournament, I asked him, like, what did you get today? Like, don't tell me <laughs> you disappointed me, you know. And he told me, like, no, yeah. no, no, I didn't, I didn't jump you. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> That's so like I, I said, mean. It's nice that you got to it got to beat him too, uh, especially if you've had that kind of rivalry, I guess. Yeah, well, buddy rivalry, right? It's a friendly. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're both happy for each other. If he'd have won, I'd have been stoked, you know, just like yeah. he was for me. But competitively, as buddies, you know, it's always like he liked the eyes emojis. Like I said, you know, he's sitting. Yeah, there yeah. Like, you always giving yeah. each other shit and uh, trying to trying to beat beat each other. Well, it made me better, man. We've done that to each other for a full year. Uh, we fished a lot of tournaments together, you know, yeah. individually, but together, so to speak, and uh, not always in the same area of the lake. Like, we fish completely different ramps this tournament, mm -hmm. which some tournaments we do that. Sometimes we fish right next to each other on top of each other. But yeah. we're always keeping an eye on where we're at. And, um, you know, like that's – that's, you know, now I came and you know, I'll be looking for him every, in every tournament. No, it's like, okay, he's going to, he's going to probably want <laughs> up me on this one. He he up on my tail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, do you guys got any uh, sponsors or anything you want to thank or any family uh, for, for, for this event? Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, like I said, in the, the award ceremony, like, I think my wife, she, she travels with me to all these this year and, Really cool. Um, been a real big help. She helps drive and everything, so that's yeah. Long drives that, that helps a lot. But uh, friends and family has helped for all their support back home here, and yeah. it's all over really. And uh, sponsors, uh, Enduro Power, uh, Lithium Batteries—they power my whole kayak pretty much. Cool. Big deal for yeah. for me 
ways to be running those batteries. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Pro step team for six scale fishing. Uh, great rods and reels. I mean, I run all all the rods and reels now, and I mean they they hold up better than the rods I was using previously. Uh, Those they just I mean they they, they uh, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do they start in like saltwater reels and stuff? And kind of transition um, more no. to bass fishing, or was it the other way? So, he was actually, I believe, started Allen fly fishing. Wow. Okay. And then totally off on yeah, that. So then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then he kind of just branched out into bass tackle and whatnot, and he's grown okay. a bit. And he's they've now got lures and stuff on their site and everything. Yeah, but, that's cool. Who's more degenerate than, than trout fishermen and spending on money? All bass guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. They'll buy 30 rods for the fly guys will buy two. Yeah. Well, the fly guys is 1500 and custom to be fair, but you know. yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, you get, you get some bass guys that buy those ridiculous rods, $700 rods. And they'll yeah. get 20 of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, other than that, uh, BA Custom Baits and Henley Custom Lures. I mean, both a couple of local companies, anyways. Uh, BA Custom Baits makes jigs and some terminal tackle and chatterbaits, spinnerbaits. Um, mm. Henley Custom Lures, he's soft plastics, and uh, they both got websites you can go look up and whatnot. There, a whole bunch of stuff to look at. Yeah, that's awesome. Is it? Is that Cody Henley? Is that? Yeah, who makes those? Yeah, so okay. Yeah, yep. uh, he's he's a hammer man. Yes, yeah, he's out of season right now. He hasn't. Been, he's fished a couple of local trails or a series um, this first year, but he's just had back surgery and had a, a baby boy back in I think June it was. So he hasn't been fishing much. I know that feeling. I got one right now. I don't know if you can hear him. He's going nuts back there. But uh, yeah, I just had one in August, so it's. Been a little tougher to get on the water and all that. <laughs> oh yeah! Congratulations, man. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been a definite transition, but uh, <laughs> we'll get the hang of it at some point, hopefully. Yeah. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just keep, keep, just keep going. Just keep plugging along. Uh, how about you, Philip? What about you, uh, sponsor-wise or family? You want anybody you want to thank? Yeah, well, you know, my, my number one sponsor is Jesus Christ. I, you know, definitely have to give him a shout out. I said a lot of prayers going into this, and they were definitely answered through the wind, through keeping me safe, healthy, opportunity to do so, everything, you know. And uh, family-wise, mom and dad, of course. Uh, my wife is really supportive. She stayed home during this one with the, with the pup techs. Uh, so, you know, very much got to give the wife a shout out for sure for holding down the home and, uh, my buddy Brian, I've mentioned him a lot, but he's given me a lot of support over the years. And uh, my opinion, a lot of the the knowledge and the skill sets coming into a win like this, you know, and in confidence too. Buddy yeah, Scott, for get, you know, my buddy Scott for getting me into kayak fishing uh, for tournaments at least. Um, you know, and uh, really just oh, you know, Ralph and Connie Marquez, they're actually part of Monster Fishing, which I'm on their pro staff team. Uh, they've really become like family got married in their beautiful venue down there in Galveston, Texas. So if anybody's looking to have an event or get married down in Galveston, you should check, check out uh, Bayside Resort for sure. Um, 
you know, and then uh, as far as other sponsors or pro staff goes, uh, Waterland, as you all can see my shirt here. I think a lot of people know Waterland. Josh Channels is on their team. Yeah. Uh, we saw Ben Milliken uh, wreck some shop earlier this year on another East Texas Lake close there at Toledo. So yeah, uh, yeah. we're doing pretty good on Team Waterland as far as uh, big East Texas Lakes this year. And just in general, we had a lot of good wins on the team. Uh, and I've uh, got one that I that you just mentioned on, on that. There's uh, oh, they're Texas, a- they're Texas companies, right? You know, that's what yeah. I love about it. I'm Texas made, I'm a native Texan, um, seventh generationer. So, you know, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, being, being around and being a native Texan and having, having native sponsors, and I've got one other, I can't name them yet. It's not officially official. We haven't inked it, but we've, we've made the verbal agreement and uh, I'm going to have a, a rod pro staff coming up pretty soon. And, I'll just say that those names, some of those names I just mentioned are also on that team as well. So, uh, but yeah, man, uh, really excited um, for the opportunity. And thank you so much for, for giving Cayman and I the opportunity to come on the the podcast today. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad we could have you on this week. Uh, It was cool hearing your all stories and uh, getting to know you guys a little bit. Um, It was a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, um, I don't have a wrap up for this week. Uh, Jimmy bailed on me again, so uh, and he left me without my wrap up. So uh, this will be basically it for the week. Uh, I think and that's all, folks. Yeah, that, that that'll do it. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to see what's next on tournament wise that's coming up. I want to say there's a. Bassmaster and the Susquehanna. That's not for another couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, I believe so. But I'll try to find something for next week. Uh, try to get that uh, going. Hopefully, we'll be able to have another show for next week. Oh yeah, here it is. Susquehanna is the seventh and eighth. So next weekend. So this weekend, I don't know for sure. I've got our state championship, but I don't know if anybody wants to hear about that. <laughs> Hobie's teasing that they're going to drop their schedule pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Really? Uh, maybe get AJ on and talk talk about their schedule coming up. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd definitely like to hear about that. Um, yeah. I, well, I've been tossing around as maybe trying to get some of the guys that are in the AOI race on and talk about their season and because the – BO, or the TOC will determine the AOI for them, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah. I can't. I don't remember who all's in that race right now. Seems to always have some influence for sure. Yeah. Uh, it seems like it always comes down to that, which is on Chick this year. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. People haven't got me real excited about it so far, especially Hewing Minor. He. <laughs> He said, "Oh boy, chicken, t- chicken November." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I was just like, "Oh, yay!" I've never even fished this lake, and I'm already <laughs> excited. <laughs> Honestly, it's the whole TVA chain in the fall is tough. It's tough to fish it. Uh, it's uh, it's gotten beat up all year, and the the fall patterns out there are just hard to dial in. It seems like. And to get those bigger bites, like you're saying, uh, they're a lot harder to come by in, in, in that time period. Uh, 
Oh boy. But you can go back and watch. I mean, that'll be in November. So um, that same year I was talking about where um, the Elite Series kind of pushed all their events to the fall. They fished that. Uh, Lee Livesey won that event on Chick in right. November. Uh, so maybe do use that for some research. I, I can't say that it will be exactly the same as that. but Another Waterland uh, team member, another Hammer. Yeah, there you go. Maybe maybe hit him up and see if he's got any tips for you. Yeah. Uh, maybe if I maybe I'll pay him to take me on a guided trip, he might tell me a few things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd I'd, I'd be down to, do to go that. on a guided trip with him. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, no jokes about it. I would love to love to go out on a guided trip with that guy. He just yeah, no, for hear sure. some of the knowledge, even if you could get like one percent of what he knows. Yeah, especially on like fork or somewhere like that. Oh man, yeah, because he's been fishing that one since he was a little kid. So, yeah, he's got all all the juice and there. all the other ones that nobody knows about out there in East Texas. Yeah, all those little little honey hole lakes out there. That... Yeah, people aren't from around. You know, people that aren't from Texas. You know, they look at a lake and it's like, oh, that's a thousand square acres or whatever. No way, yeah. that's a big you know big fish lake. And it's like, yep. Just keep thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Just keep going, on, <laughs> going right by it. <laughs> Fine by me. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, guys, it was good talking with you. Um, glad we could have you on this week. Um, and for all the listeners out there, hope you have a good one, good tight lines this weekend. Uh, and we'll try to have something for you next week. Uh, with that, I will run the outro. See you guys next time. Right. See you.